We've been reading through the book of Deuteronomy over the past few weeks, discovering some things that God wants. And we're going to continue that this morning as we uh, look in Deuteronomy chapter 20. We're going to be reading from the first verse this morning uh, down through the fourth verse. So in Deuteronomy chapter 20, uh, verse uh, 4, one of the things that God wants is he wants you to know that he is your hero. Everybody loves a hero. It's why they still play John Wayne movies on Saturday afternoons and a lot of other times, too, on television. Uh, John Wayne was always the hero. He, he could always come through by the closing credits. I mean, there'd be 47,000 enemy troops marching in, and John Wayne would take them all on. And he would save the day, and everybody would get through alive, and There'd be a great ending as he rode off into the sunset. Even in the World War II movies, he, he rode off into the sunset, seems like. He, he was always the hero. Well, unfortunately, life is not always that way. We don't always have a John Wayne who can ride in and save the day. We sometimes face those situations in life that we don't really have. A hero. Or at least sometimes it seems that way. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a little bit of how these last three months have, have felt, especially early on as, as there were so many frightening uh, kinds of things that were coming through the information about what this virus was doing and, and how there just really were, wasn't a whole lot that anybody could do about it and some things that we were going to have to do. To, you know, that, there was a, a lot of times that I was just scratching my head going, well, how exactly is all this going to work? And, and quite frankly... We still don't have all the answers. We're, we're a little bit closer. We, we, we've solved some things, but there's, there's still some things that, you know, everybody in the back of your mind, you're just wondering, well, well how is this all going to work out? Well, this morning we're going to find out that, in fact, we do have a hero. In fact, far greater than any earthly hero you could ever imagine. We're going to find out how God wants you to always know that if you'll place your trust in Him, He will always be your hero. The nation of Israel faced a lot of moments just like what we've been facing these last few months. Now, they actually did face some plagues, but they, they faced some other times as, as well. They, they faced some times that were tremendously frightening for them, some times where they didn't have an answer. They were a small nation. They were relatively unorganized. They had a smaller and even less organized army. They appeared to be easy pickings for any enemy that might come along. But God wanted them to know. In those times when the enemy was approaching, they had a hero. Here's how Moses sought to remind them of that fact. Again, we'll be reading in Deuteronomy chapter 20. We'll start with verse 1. When you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them because the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt will be with you. 
When you're about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, Hear, O Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you and against your enemies to give you victory. Now these aren't just military instructions. These are instructions for life. These words include a foundational understanding that every believer needs to remember. Don't be afraid. You've got a hero. Your God is here. Moses' words to the nation of Israel begin with an unambiguous reminder. There's no way to mistake What he is saying to them. He calls out to the entire nation, don't be afraid. The Lord your God is with you. That was important. Because Israel had plenty of enemies. They were going to have even more. As they entered into the promised land... They would find a land flowing with milk and honey, but also a land full of giants. (laughs) At least that's the way they looked to them. Strong cities, fortified cities with mighty armies. And they didn't know anything about battle. They didn't know anything about fighting. They had been slaves in Egypt for generations. All they knew how to do was to make bricks. They were no match for the disciplined and well-armed soldiers that they were going to face. And when the battles came, there would seem to be ample reasons to fear. The Israelites would, would gather for battle with their little bitty ragtag group of soldiers and they would look as the dust would form on the horizon and they would see the mighty armies riding in on their chariots with their armament, their weapons, and their well-trained, disciplined soldiers. And they'd be afraid. I mean, who wouldn't be? In that kind of a situation, standing there with your little homemade bow and arrow, you've got an army marching toward you. How could anyone avoid being afraid in a situation like that? Well, Moses said to Israel, you can, because your God is here. That's all they needed to do. Remember that God is here. They could think back to that day when they were on the the banks of the Red Sea. And behind them they saw those dust clouds forming as the mighty army of Egypt was, was coming toward them. And suddenly God parted the waters. They walked across on dry land and then turned and watched as God closed the waters on top of the Egyptian army. 
They saw God's presence there. They could know that God's presence is here too. One of my favorite Old Testament stories is about the prophet Elisha. In 2 Kings chapter 6, the Bible recounts the story of one morning when Elisha and his servant were there in their tent. They'd been running from the armies that were coming to kill them. There was a king, a king of Syria, who'd become upset about some of the prophecies that Elisha had made against that nation. So he sent his armies out to find him and kill him. And on this particular moment, Elisha's servant got up a little bit early and he went outside the tent and he looked and, and there all around them was the Syrian army. And the servant knew what they were there for. They were there to kill Elisha and anybody else in that tent. And so he, he quickly closed the flap on the tent, ran and woke up Elisha and he says, Do you look that side? Do you know who's out there? What are we going to do? Elisha kind of yawned and stretched and said, oh, why are you worried? And then Elisha prayed, God opened the eyes of my servant so that he might see. And he said, well, take another look. And so the servant kind of opened the flap a little bit and you know, stuck out one eye just, just to see it. And as he looked, the Syrian army was still there. But then as his eyes had been opened, the armies of heaven were surrounding the Syrian army. And as he looked, there were angels in flaming chariots all around. As he came back in, Elisha said, Fear not, for those that are with us are more than those that are with them. In those times when the enemy seems to surround us. And I don't know about you, but I, it's kind of felt that way for these last few months. It just felt like there was an enemy anywhere you went. You know, you go to Walmart, you feel like you're having to go into a hazmat area. You know, it just feels like everywhere you go, there's something to remind you that that virus is still out there, that things are still all out of kilter. In those times when the enemy approaches, we can know. Greater are those that are with us than those that are with them. It was his last promise that he made to his disciples as Jesus ascended up into heaven. Before he left, he looked at them and he said, I will be with you even to the ends of the earth. Always remember, God is with you. Now we're going to face some challenges. We're facing this virus right now. We're having to take some steps. And I appreciate all the good doctors and scientists who are giving us some good information about ways that we can protect ourselves, ways that we can protect our family. That, that's tremendous. I am so, so blessed and, and thankful for those good men and women that are helping us to do that and, and have, have helped create a, an environment where uh, 
this could have been so much worse. Just just go back and, and read some history of the, the flu pandemics back in the 1900s. It, it was horrifically bad, and, and we've avoided that. And we, we give thanks to God for the good people He's given us to help us know what we can do to, to get through this without that happening again. But there's still a, a fear there. there there's still that, that, that feeling every time you get in your car and you drive out your driveway, you feel like you're... You're going into battle. But as believers, though we need to be wise, we need to follow the instructions that we're given, we need to use the good knowledge that, that, that God has given us. I heard, heard one pastor, I love the way he put it, he said, God gave you a brain, use it. <laughs> we need to do that. But one thing we don't need to do, we do not need to fear. God is here. And greater is He that is with us than He that's in the world. God is here. Don't be afraid. Moses continues in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 2, When you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, Hear, O Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to the panic before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and to give you victory. As the army of, of Israel would go into battle, they would carry their weapons, they would carry their armaments, they would, they would be ready for the fight. But they'd have one more thing with them. The priests. And those priests had, had one primary duty. They weren't there to, to fight. They, they weren't there to, to do the things that were going to be involved in the battle. The soldiers would be doing that. But the priests were there for one reason. They were there to remind everyone, God is with us. When Moses wrote these words, Israel was weak. They were the weakest army in the region. Any battle that they would go into from a, from a military strategic standpoint, they were destined to lose. But God would be with them. God would give them the victory. God would bring them into the promised land, just as He had said that He would. And then things would change over time. Israel would, would settle in the promised land. They would grow in size. They would grow in wealth. And they would grow in military strength. Their, their soldiers would no longer be just a ragtag group of bricklayers. Their soldiers would be trained fighting men. And at times in their history, they would have a very powerful army. But they still needed to trust in the Lord. Whether they were at a time of weakness or a time of strength, they needed to place their trust not in their weapons, not in their chariots, not in their shields, not in their soldiers. They needed to place their trust in God. And, and so in those days, this same instruction would hold true. As they would go into battle, the priests would be there to remind them, God, is here. God is the one who wins the battle. 
And, and the priests were given a three-sentence sermon. Wouldn't you like to have one of those this morning? Three-sentence sermon, then you're ready to go home. It's been a little bit more than that today. But they had a three-sentence sermon that they would say. It's recorded in verse 3. Uh, Moses says, he shall say that he is the priest. He shall say, hear, O Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. That's the first sentence. There's a recognition. Okay, it's a battle. There's an enemy. This is going to be hard. God doesn't ignore the things that we go through. God has not forgotten us through the course of fighting this, this virus. He doesn't forget about us in, in the other battles that we face, whether they're battles of losing a job, whether the battles of, of having a, a sick loved one, whether they're battles of having an illness in our own life, whether they're battles of, of losing uh, our, our wealth. Or whatever the battle is, we, we, God doesn't just say, oh, it's, you don't worry about that. No, God understands that we're in a battle. He gets that. That's the first sentence that the priest would say. God understands. We're in a battle. But the second sentence. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. So the second sentence says, okay, you're in a battle, but don't be afraid. And you can be prepared. You can be ready for the battle. And you can see the chariots out there. You can recognize the problem. But one thing not to do, don't be afraid. Why? That's in the third sentence. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. The nation of Israel was to never forget this. They would win the battle, not because of their soldiers, not because of their weapons, not because of their military strategy. They would win the battle because the Lord was with them. And if the Lord was with them, they had nothing to fear. Paul would later write these words in Romans chapter 8, verse 31. If God be for us, who can be against us? A radio announcer attributed this quote to Billy Graham. I don't know if he actually said it or not, but, but he, this radio announcer said that this. He told a story about uh, Billy Graham had been preaching, and after he had finished preaching, uh, a man approached him and said, Doesn't it bother you that one-third of the angels in heaven fell with Satan and are now fighting as his demons? And Billy Graham is reported to have answered, No, it doesn't bother me. If only a third of them fell, that means they're outnumbered two to one. Now, I don't know if Billy Graham actually said that. But I do know that he wrote this in his book called Angels. Billy Graham writes, The hosts of heaven stand at attention as we make our way from earth to glory. And Satan's BB guns are no match for God's heavy artillery. So don't be afraid. God is for you. I like that. First John 4 tells us, Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. That's a verse to remember. God will not abandon you in the darkest moments of life. Even when you face death itself, God will be there for you. Don't be afraid. Be prepared. 
Be ready. Use your head. Use your brain that God gave you. But don't be afraid. Don't bend to the ways of this world. That's what fear does to us so often. As we become afraid, we begin to bend to this world. Sometimes out of fear, sometimes out of convenience. Sometimes we think the ways of this world might be better. Don't be fooled. There's no power in this world that is any match whatsoever to the power that you know in Jesus. When those times of struggle come in life, and they will come, there'll be one day when COVID-19 will just be a memory, but we'll be facing something else. The battles of life are going to come. But when they do, remember, For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. Heavenly Father, this morning, thank you for a day that we could gather together in your house and worship you physically. That's a great step forward, Lord. We've been missing this. We've been craving this. And now we've taken another step toward being able to do that together. And we just thank you for a a, a day that we could be here to acknowledge your power, your strength, your glory, your majesty. Heavenly Father, this has been a time that that there's been a lot of anxiety, a lot of worry, a, a lot of fear. And Lord, we thank you for the good scientists and medical Technicians and doctors who, who have been able to help us through this, to able to, to mitigate so many of the terrible things that could have happened from this virus. And we just thank you for that. And we know there's some time ahead still that, that we'll need to keep following those, that good advice. And we thank you for the good brains that you've given us to use, to know some things that we can do to help protect us and protect our families. But even more than all of that, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that we need not be afraid. Because you are here. For that we give you praise this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now for the next few weeks, uh, we, we won't have a formal invitation. That's one of the things that they have recommended that we not do. And uh, that's something that I'll miss. And, and we, we want to begin that just as soon as we can. But but uh, uh, I need to be socially distanced from you just like you need to be socially distanced from me. So we can't have a time that I can meet you up here like we, we normally do. But we are going to issue an invitation. Because I don't know but that God may be working in your heart right now, right here in this place. God may be saying some things to you, even this morning. Maybe you're wondering, wow, God could do that for me. How can I have that victory in my life? How does that work? Well, well, I want to share that with you. And even though I can't do that one-on-one, face-to-face, I still want to do that. So in the pew racks before you, there, there are some cards that, that we've left there. We've taken everything else out of the pews, but we left those cards there for this reason. So that if you're, you're, you want to say, hey, you know, God's really speaking to my heart. I'd like to talk about this. I'll be glad to give you a phone call today. And, and we can just talk it over and we can talk through. And I, I, I'll share with you. Exactly how you can have this victory in your life. That's not something I can do for you. I can't, but I know the one who can. Through a simple act of faith, 
you can entrust your life into the hands of Jesus Christ. And once you've done that, you're in his hands for all eternity. He'll never let you go. And he will be with you. This promise will be to you too. And and I want to share with you how you can ask Jesus Christ to forgive your sins, to come into your life as your Lord and Savior, to follow him as your Savior and Lord. I I want to tell you about that. So you just take one of those cards and and fill out the information. Drop it in one of the baskets as you go out today, and I'll be glad to call you today, and we can talk about that. I can tell you what the Bible says about how Christ can be your Savior too. Uh, Maybe there's another way that God's working in your life this morning. Maybe you're looking for a church home, and be glad to talk with you about that as well. Just indicate that there on the card, and and I'll be glad to let you know how you can be a part of what God's doing here at National Heights. Maybe you've got a prayer need on the reverse side of that that card. There's a place for anybody who's got a a prayer need that you would uh, like to, to share with us. You can do that as well. Maybe you're here today and you're already a believer. You already know the Lord. But you just want to spend the brief moments we've got left just thanking God that He's here, that there's no virus that can change that. There's no war that can change that. There's no army that can change that. There's no enemy that can change that. And you just want to spend some time this morning thanking God that our God, as He has promised, is here with us. Whatever way God is speaking to your heart this morning, we invite you to respond to Him. If you're watching us online and you have some decision that you'd like to make, you can simply email us here at the church, nhbc at nationalheights.org. And again, I'll be glad to visit with you, whether it's you're wanting to receive Christ as Savior, whether you're wanting to be a part of the church, whatever it might be that God is leading you, I'll be glad to visit with you about that. We invite you this morning to listen and respond to what God is doing in your heart today.